So when I started homeschooling, everybody wanted to start with telling me all about the values of homeschooling, sort of what I considered the fluffy stuff. I just wanted to know how to teach reading and phonics. I wanted to know what math curriculum to use. I wanted the checklist because that's what I had grown up with. It wasn't until I was homeschooling for years before I realized the true value in homeschooling comes from knowing our values and adding meaning to the process for us and for our children. We can all complete a checklist, but how impactful that is on our children depends on our presentation. It depends on our intentions for our homeschool, and we have the power to make learning so much more impactful for our children. Welcome to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I'm Zara Fagan, PhD, author of Minimalist Homeschooling and the creator of the Simple is the New Smart membership. And this is the place where we talk about how less really is more and how simple really is the new smart. This is the place for any homeschooler who wants to trade stress, exhaustion, overwhelm, and self-doubt for peace, clarity, confidence, and a sense of true abundance. It turns out that transforming our mindset really can transform our homeschools and our lives. We'll talk tips and strategies, stories and perspective, and interview people who have lessons to teach us. And I am just so happy that you're here. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Simple is the New Smart podcast. I'm Zara Fagan, and today we are talking about a mindset shift to effort in our homeschools over expectation. Another way to look at this is talking about excellence as opposed to perfection. And I also want to talk today, I want to start actually with talking about homeschool values, because I think the two go together really nicely, and they help us have a valuable and meaningful homeschool, one that differs from just going through the motions or checking the boxes. This is where we really find the value and the meaning. Okay, so let's get started. First and foremost, let's talk about our homeschool values, our core homeschool values. You've probably already heard people talk about this. They've probably recommended that you know your values. And my question to you is, do you? Do you know your values? Do you know why it is so important to your homeschool to have values? So first and foremost, let's talk about what homeschool values are and how to identify them. And then we'll move into focusing on effort in our homeschools. And then we will move into some, you know, to do's and some quick fixes. So you might want a notebook for this and let, let's just do it. Let's run through all of it. Okay. So first of all, I recommend if you haven't already that you identify your core homeschool values. So you brainstorm why you homeschool. You consider what your hope are for who your children become. Not necessarily what they will learn, but who they will be. These are values. These are, this is not a checklist, right? So what traits would you most like to foster in your home, in your child, in yourself, and therefore in your homeschool? So sit with that list for a while. You don't have to do this all in one day. Reflect on it, sit on it, pray on it, sleep on it. And then listen to what comes to you during moments of peace or when you are most frustrated and add any ideas that you have to this list. So this is not the quick fix part, right? This is sit with it for a while, really get comfortable with who you want to be as a homeschooler. So don't rush this critical part of homeschool planning. This is really important because this is the foundation for your home whole homeschool. So you want to have a strong foundation. And I'll talk to you more about how we use this and why it's so important, but just hang with me. So once you have your list, talk it out, share your list with your spouse, with a dear friend, your mother, people who you think can relate, who have similar values to you, and maybe flush it out with them. See what they're 
their core values are. Then you're going to prioritize. You choose the top five approximately homeschool values from your curated list, right? So you are now, it doesn't have to be five guys. It can be four. It can be six. Approximately a handful of values that are most meaningful for you. And there is a lot of overlap between values, right? So a lot of times you'll have things like responsibility, self-discipline, and taking initiative. You can choose one of those and it doesn't exclude the other two. So choose a handful of the most valuable and most loved homeschool values on your list, and then trust that the other values will naturally flow from those top five. You're not going to exclude all the other values. Just because you chose creativity doesn't mean your children will learn zero independence, right? Then use them. Use your values. As you plan your homeschool, your lessons, your daily life, keep these values as the cornerstone for each decision. Filter your decisions through these values. Are these things that we are choosing for our days, are they consistent with what we value? Are they helping us to be who we want to be, right? Because in minimalist homeschooling, this is all about thinking about who we want to be first. We believe that if we know who we want to be, then we will do the things that person does, right? Because it's simple. You wake up each morning and you be who you want to be. Then you will automatically do the things you want to do And you will acquire the things you need in order to do those things and be that person. And too often in society, the reverse happens. We worry worry first about what we have. Do we have all the curricula we need? And then do we do all the things in the curricula? And we expect that if we have the things and we do the things, then we will be who we want to be. And I really want to encourage everyone to think about it the opposite way. Let's think about who we want to be first and then trust that therefore we will do the things and acquire the things that we need in order to be that person. Instead of trusting the stuff to direct us to who we want to be. It really rarely works well that way. So use your values, filter all of your decisions through these values, and then reassess. So don't let perfectionism paralyze your decisions. You can always revisit this list and tweak it, right? So when I talk about scheduling, I'll often talk about first step, remind yourself of your core homeschooling values. And that's the point where you can tweak them if you need to. Maybe taking initiative is something your children are great at right now and you want to replace that now with creativity. You can absolutely do that. Core values tend to be very long-term values, but that doesn't mean that you can't shift your focus. You will never stop valuing something that was originally on your list. You may just feel like you need to start focusing on something else and put that as a top priority now. Does that make sense? These tend to be fairly stable, but you can absolutely tweak them. And so don't feel like, ah, I can't narrow down my list. If you have eight and you can't narrow it down, just get started with eight. If you only have three, that's fine. Get started with three. Just trust that that's where you need to be. That's where your focus needs to be. Are family values the same as homeschool values? Not necessarily. It is possible that your family values will mirror, at least some of them will mirror your homeschool values. But I recommend thinking carefully and specifically about homeschooling values instead of just automatically transplanting your family values into your homeschool. You may come up with identical lists, but you may find that there are some things in your homeschool that you get to be more intentional about that maybe aren't a focus when you're together as a family, right? A lot of times people say, well, what if I want all the values in my homeschool? What if I can't narrow it down at all? What if I have even more than eight because I just can't narrow it down, Sarah? They're all valuable. That's why they're on my list of values. And I would ask you why. Why do you want or need them all? So I want you to think about the minimalist mindset in general. And the minimalist mindset says that having the perfect amount of stuff is ideal, right? So the perfect amount is what's going to be great for us. That's how we're going to thrive, right? In theory, you can decide what the perfect amount of homeschool values is. If you feel like too little is too little, I can't homeschool comfortably with those. Too much is too much. I can't homeschool comfortably with those. It's overwhelming or I can't process. It's just too much for me. Then you get to decide how long your list is, right? 
The idea here is to choose values that add clarity to your homeschool, not overwhelm. So if you look at your values and you think that this offers you direction, this offers you clarity, it's not overwhelming or stressful or daunting, then you have the right amount. And remember that your top five, four, eight, ten values, they don't exist in a vacuum on their own. You really are trusting that the other values will fall into place. So if charity is a top value, then things like selflessness or a broad worldview will likely find a place in those activities that focus on charity as well. You don't have to prioritize the broad worldview or the selflessness because you've prioritized charity and that will take care of many other values. So if you prioritize adventure in your homeschool, that will allow for curiosity, that will allow for self-discipline, that will allow for independence. You don't have to prioritize all four of those. You can choose one that you feel best overarchingly encompasses the things that are important to you and your homeschool. Do you follow? Let's talk about now what we do with those values. Okay. So I've already talked about, you're going to use those as a filter then for every decision, right? When you're scheduling, when you're choosing your subjects, when you're choosing your curricula, when you're talking about your goals for the subject, you're always going to be thinking about what is our core value here? What does homeschooling mean to us? Why do we value homeschooling? Why are we investing in homeschooling? What are our hopes and dreams for the endpoint for this homeschool? So here's the deal. In order to achieve any goal or really do anything in your life to be motivated, you have to start from a place of valuing that goal. Valuing something changes it merely from an obligation to a desire. It now has meaning to you. The core values are what give your homeschool meaning. What you value in your homeschool will be the beacon of light on your darkest days. Homeschool values motivate us to keep going. They direct where we go. So having homeschool values offers a lot of clarity and a lot of meaning. It's one way that we ensure that our learning really is what we need and what we love in our homeschool. So learning according to your values offers advantages like you have more confidence in the education plan that you devise. You have more clarity when you're making your decisions, more meaningful and valuable learning, and you're likely to have more open time and space because you're no longer going to do the things that aren't high value to you. So having a set of homeschool values leads to reduced anxiety, reduced fear, reduced doubt, reduced busyness. That's a big one here because you're going to cut out things that aren't highly valuable to your guys. Instead of doing it because you quote unquote should be doing it, you are doing the things that are meaningful to your family, right? So, so far so good. Now I want to shift gears a little bit because I don't want to beat a dead horse about these values and I want to go into looking at effort in our children. So I'm not saying that effort needs to be a homeschool value that really doesn't play out or work well, but this is another mindset shift that I think adds a lot of value to our homeschools because, and I wanted to put it together because this is such a mindset podcast. This Today, this episode in particular is focused a lot on our mindset and what we're going to do. I want to talk about looking at effort versus expectations. So this came to me because my children have a Japanese teacher. She literally was trained to be a teacher in Japan. She now lives in the United States and she tutors children in Japanese, including all four of my children. And what I noticed was the expectation that she has is merely for effort. So she will tell me if my children are not giving sufficient effort. Usually it's their handwriting, right? So I want more effort for their handwriting, right? But Otherwise, she has no expectations for where they are supposed to be by a certain time or age or any other sort of marker or milestone. Instead, she reports to me their proficiency in different skills. So she will say they are 50% proficient in this. It's a complicated subject, right? She will tell me they are 80% proficient in this. So when she tests them, she quizzes them. She says, she literally says, this is an assessment so that I know how to teach. I know where to go and what to do next with them. I need to see where they are. 
It is not because she has an expectation of where they should be and they need to prove to her that they have met that expectation, right? So this is very different from the way our school system approaches it, right? Our school system says, here is this body of knowledge. We expect you to know it. And then you have to prove to us that you know it by a certain date, right? That is a focus on expectations. Instead, as homeschoolers, we get to focus on effort. And there are a lot of big benefits from focusing on effort. And we probably, a lot of us do this subconsciously already. We're focusing on effort, but then a lot of us, and I've been guilty of this, we tend to revert back to that checklist of, oh no, they're supposed to know long division by this date. They're supposed to know how to write an essay by this date. They're supposed to, supposed to, they should, 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 right? And in minimalist homeschooling, we're trying to get away from that concept of should. That's like an artificial obligation, right? And in fact, if you read the book Nurture Shock, I did a book club inside the Minimalist Homeschooling Simple is the New Smart membership on the book Nurture Shock. And there's a whole chapter about how different cultures respond when they think that their child is doing poorly on a test. And the Asian culture was likely to talk about the child's effort. So when we're thinking about homeschooling, we are uniquely poised to help our children reach their potential, right? We all tell our children that they can be or do anything that they want to be. And for the most part, this is true, but there are two corollaries to that, right? In order to do or be whatever you want to be or do, you have to both be willing to learn about it and be willing to work hard for it. So I tell my children, you can be anything as long as you're willing to learn about it and work hard. And so we're really good at, as homeschoolers at teaching our children how to learn and reinforcing that they can learn whatever it is that they want to learn. And over and over and over again, I see homeschoolers who are teaching themselves all these really cool things simply because they want to learn it. So we do great on that front. And then the other side of that, that we have the opportunity to be great at is teaching our children about work ethic. The, the other half, you have to be willing to work for it. And so here's the thing. When you look at Asian parents who would talk to their children when they thought their children were doing poorly on a test, they focused on their effort. The children then went on to score better in the second round of testing. The Asian parents were, how do you think you can do better? You need to concentrate more. Things that the children could control. Concentrate more, go through it more slowly, things like that. They gave them specific advice on how to put in more effort, right? American parents tended to tell their kids, it's okay, you're great, you're doing fine. And so what happened is the Asian parents' children tended to score better on the second round than the American parents' children did. And the idea here is that Effort, focusing on effort in our children is empowering to them. They can control their effort. They cannot control how quickly they learn long division, but they can control their concentration. They can control their perseverance. They can control their effort. And so it's incredibly empowering to them if we focus on their effort. So how does this look? This looks like telling them, I love how careful you're being. I love how much time you're putting into that. I love that you practice that. Good job. You got that because you practice so much. Your hard work paid off. Telling them that you just plain like to see them work hard. Good job. You worked hard on that because they can control those things. If we praise, good job, you know long division, and it was super easy for them, it's not very meaningful to our children because they don't really know how they know long division. They just know that they got it. They understood it. They don't feel like they really did anything special. Their brain just understood it. But on the other hand, if we say, good job sticking with that, good job concentrating or focusing so that you could understand it so quickly, that was something that they had control over. So number one, with praising effort, it looks like it's empowering to them. It's encouraging to them because they can control it. So number two, I like looking at the child's effort over expectations because it takes away those artificial checklists. 
there is no behind child or advanced child because there's no longer this expectation of what they should know or what they should be doing. Instead, it is, did my child give their best when they did this work? Did my child give their best effort? And you will often hear me in my homeschool saying, I want you to give me your best. And what what I mean there, and they know that I mean this, is I want you to give me your best effort. And I say this regardless of whether we're talking about schoolwork or chores or their kindness to others. I want you to give me your best. Do you think you could have done better? Is another thing I often ask them. And I'm asking it sincerely. I'm not asking it because they're in trouble and it's a rhetorical question. Don't you think you could have done better? Not that way. But I will legitimately and honestly ask them, do you think you could have done better? Which brings me to my fourth point, or actually my third point. I think I'm on number three now, (laughs) which is executive functioning. So self-assessment is a fraction of executive functioning that children learn. Self-assessment is a skill that is part of the executive functioning skills. And researchers have found that executive functioning skills are actually a better predictor of academic success than IQ is. In fact, children are more likely to be successful if they have good executive functioning skills, regardless of how smart, quote unquote, smart they are. One fraction of executive functioning is being able to look back and look at whether or not they could have improved, whether or not they did a good job. So whenever we ask kindly and sparingly and honestly, do you feel like it was your best? Do you think you could improve? We are boosting those executive functioning skills. These are the questions we want them asking themselves in the future when we've stepped back and they're on their own. We want them asking themselves, could I have done better? Is that my best? Because as adults, when we mess something up, you know, if we're writing something, we write something wrong, we erase it or cross it out and fix it. That's what we want our children to be doing because we want them to recognize, oh, that's not my best. It's not that it's right or wrong. It's that I know better. I know that I can do this better. So I'm going to do it better, right? I'm going to give my best. Does that make sense? And so this is where the difference comes between perfectionism and excellence. We want excellence for our children where they are always giving their best, but we don't need perfection where they're meeting some other person's expectation, where they have to feel like 100% is the definition of success. And so let me go on to number four. You will never regret giving your best every single day. Your children will continue to learn. They will continue to improve. The checklist doesn't matter. The learning matters. The improvement matters. So as long as they are giving their best in everything that they do, they will keep learning. They will keep improving. And then number five, everyone is challenged because the advanced children are giving their best and the non-advanced children are giving their best. Then everybody's moving at their own pace and they are appropriately challenged. And everyone can feel confident because now confidence is linked to effort. Confidence is no longer linked to some set of expectations. And so number six, I believe we would not have a world of perfectionists. There is a very big problem that I see actually among homeschooling mothers, if I'm going to be quite honest, where we don't feel like we're quote unquote enough unless we are getting a 100% score in every single subject that life throws at us. That the definition of success for too long in our lives has been you have to get 100% in everything that you do. And that idea of being enough, therefore, is tied to some expectation that's out there. And by the time we're adults, we don't even know who's setting this expectation. We just know that we need to feel like we've done 100% in every single thing or else we won't feel successful. And that's really an unhealthy way to live. And I love that as homeschoolers, we can break that cycle and we can raise a generation who feels like they're enough. First of all, their mere existence makes them enough. And we, of course, as parents know that about our children, they are enough. We don't want to undo that by telling them that they're not successful unless they get 100% on somebody else's expectations expectations. They are successful when they give their best effort. That is our definition of success. 
I mean, if we think about it, it would be ideal to be able to live as a homeschooling mom, knowing that the effort that we exerted is what makes us so successful and what makes us plenty for our children and for our homeschools. Not the 100% on the quiz or the test that doesn't even exist, but the effort. And then finally, number seven, our children are better prepared for adulthood. I said this in the beginning. If we want them to achieve their potential, they need to both know how to learn and be willing to learn. And they also need to be willing to work hard and know what it looks like to work hard. Then they will reach their God-given potential, right? And so at the end of the day, if we're focusing on our core values and we're focusing then, right, we're focusing on our core values, who we want to be, who we want our children to be, what we want our homeschool to be, and then we're focusing on effort, then we have this opportunity to provide not only a really nourishing environment for our children and for ourselves, but we also have the ability to help our children be the best version of themselves. So with that, I am wishing you all the simple things. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I want you to know that I have a free goodie for you. If you are wondering where you have the most clutter in your homeschool, try our minimalist homeschooling audit. It's free, it's quick, it's easy, and you will get immediate action steps to start working towards a clutter-free homeschool. So go ahead and get started today. It's at resources.zaraphd.com forward slash minimalist dash homeschooling dash audit.